0: Welcome to Power for Victorious Living. We believe the Gospel and the Kingdom of God have real answers for every area of your life. Get ready to discover the answers you need and the power that can change your life. Each show, you will receive practical, biblical insight as you hear a clear, creative, and encouraging message to help you understand how the Gospel has the power to help you live a victorious life. And now here's your host, Wes Hardin. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. We are so thankful that you're tuning in. No matter where you're tuning in from, hey, we just want to say thank you for tuning in. If you're on the lawnmower, if you're in the bathtub, if you're on the treadmill or in your vehicle in traffic, hey, listen, we just want to say thank you for tuning in. And so we're going to continue our faith series. And so I, I, br- I want to briefly mention something real quick for maybe you're a new listener and just tuning in and or whatever. But I want to, I want to say, just mention that, hey, we, I, I don't only teach faith, okay? So we're going to make sure to cover a bunch of of other. We're going to be well-rounded in the Word of God, and we're going to uh, you know, teach on and, and, and go over a lot of different things. But I just want to briefly mention, hey, listen, if you're listening and say, well, that's all he teaches. No, that's not all he teaches, but I do want to be obedient to the Lord because several weeks ago, you know, the Lord told me to teach faith, and so I want to be obedient to that. And, you know, as 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 a benefit uh, of me being obedient to the Lord and me going over these things and, and refreshing and going back over the basics and over the fundamentals, we've actually seen some breakthrough in our life here just recently. And we're going to talk about, about that uh, later on in this in this show. And so, but I just want to tell you that hey, listen, we're gonna cover, I got some other great topics. We're gonna to talk about Christianity 101, what happened at Salvation. Things that most of the time you're not going to hear in churches, but it's it's pivotal. It's Christianity 101, What you should what you should know right off the bat. You know your your position in Christ, who you are. We're going to talk about peace with God. That's a series that we're going to talk about called God's Not Mad. I think that's what my title it. I haven't decided yet, but I think it's going to be called God's Not Mad and help you understand that. Hey, when you got saved, you know that now you have peace with God. So we're going to cover that and your position in Christ and who you are. We're going to cover healing. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the power of right believing. And then we're also going to a really great summer that I really, that i preached previously that I really like called the Revelation of Righteousness. Stop trying to be what you already are. And so that's just a small taste of some things that we're going to cover. We're going to cover a lot of different stuff. It's going to be really impactful for your lives, I believe. But I just wanted to mention that, that hey, we're not, I'm not just teaching faith, but I do want to be obedient to the Lord because what we're talking about today will apply to everything else that we're going to talk about. And so I just want to make sure that you understand that. So, you know, it's like if you're building a house, you don't start with the roof first. You got to have walls before you can put a roof on and you got to have a foundation before you can before you can put the walls up. And so we're going to start line upon line, precept upon precept and build upon these things. And so, you know, the the Bible says that we, the, the just shall live by faith, that we live this life by faith. Well, if we're going to live by it, we need to, we can't be amateurs at it. We got to be professionals, which means we got to know what it is, how does it operate and all those things. And so last message we talked about, the beginning of faith is knowing the will of God. And we, we talked about how you can know exactly God's will concerning your situation, right? And God reveals his will concerning your situation in two ways, the word and the Holy Spirit. And we talked about that. So now I want to go back to, and this will be a continuation of the law of faith. Uh, and this will be part three and so we're going to talk about that. So what I want to talk about today, let's go ahead and get kicked off. But I want you to, this is the key thought and as we're going through everything today, I want you to think about this and as we're looking at the scriptures, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit to give you revelation to 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 help you see what the word of God says. And like I said, it's it's great to listen on the go, but go back, sit down, listen to the listen to this, get your Bible out, invite the Holy Spirit into that 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 reading sessions if you if you if you will in in with you. And then begin ask the Holy Spirit to give you revelation because this is not going to transform your life when it's because it's my revelation. This is only going to help you and transform your life when you understand and it becomes your revelation and God gives you a revelation of what his word says to you. That's when it's going to change your life. So here's our key thought. So write this down. You can't release your faith unless you're in faith. Okay, that seems like such a simple saying, but we overlook this in in Christianity. And so, but here's the thing. If we're talking about faith, right, but you can't release your faith unless you're in faith, and you say, well duh, but here's the thing is most of the time our actions are saying otherwise the way Christians think the way they the way they live their lives they they actually live it as though well you you know you just whatever you just pray no, 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 okay, and we're going to talk about this where James says the prayer of faith shall save the sick, you can pray, and if it's not in faith, it's not going to do anything because it's your your it's, your it's your word spoken in faith, as we're going to see in Mark chapter 11, that has the ability to change your life. That has the ability to move your mountain, right? So faith can change your life now, but here's the thing. We have to be honest with ourselves. We're not always in faith, and that's okay because at least we know the problem. We're going to talk about that. But this, that's the key thought. You can't release your faith unless you're in faith, and here's the thing. We're not always in faith. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you're in faith. Right. Just because you maybe read the Bible every once in a while, it doesn't mean you're in faith. OK, so we're going to talk about this. We're going to dive deep into this. So we started last series in uh, the beginning of uh, faith is knowing the will of God is that or in, in what we talked about, excuse me, the law of faith. We explained in Romans chapter three, verse 27, that Paul called it the law of faith. He says, where is boasting then? Romans chapter three, verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So Paul called this the law of faith. And so remember, we talked about how a law always operates, but you have to cooperate with the law, right? Like, for instance, gravity. Gravity is always going to work. But if I don't cooperate with it, man, it, it it can be detrimental to me. Like if I go up to the top of the Empire State Building and I walk off the top of it, the law is always going to operate but I've got to cooperate with it and if I don't cooperate with it we know that we know what's going to happen splat right or the law of lift like I said I, I'm a pilot we have a plane and stuff and so I have to I have to learn the law of lift I have to cooperate with it and if I will cooperate with it I can make that law work for me anytime and here's the thing who designed those natural laws the law of electricity the law of lift the law of gravity right the law of sowing and reaping like a farmer uses. Who designed those laws? God did. Well, if God designed those laws for our benefit, then we can learn those laws and use them for our benefit. That's why he gave them to us is so we could use them. Okay, if you're hungry, you go and use the law of sowing and reaping to meet your needs, right? If you need to get over the, the pond over there to you know Africa or London or something like that, you use the law of lift for your benefit to get where you need to be. God, who gave us those laws? God. Well, just like there are natural laws that he designed for us to use for our benefit there are spiritual laws that he designed that we sh- we need to learn to and then we can once we've learned them just like the law of gravity the law of lift we can cooperate with them because a law always works if it only works on tuesdays but not on wednesdays and saturdays it's not a law it's a phenomenon but a law always operates but the problem is we have to learn it learn how it operates and then cooperate with that law in order for it to to benefit us so here's another key You have to learn how the law operates, okay? You have to learn how the law of faith operates. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Today, we're gonna learn how the law of faith operates, right? You had to learn about the law of gravity right? You had to learn about the law of electricity, right? You didn't grow up thinking, hey, I'm going to walk into this room and flip this light switch and and electricity is going to be there. You, didn't, you weren't born with that innate knowledge. You had to learn that. But now you've renewed your mind to the, to the law of electricity. And when you walk into a room, if it's dark in there, you know what you do. you look for? You look for the light switch. You had to learn that key. You had to learn that well, the law of faith is the same way. You have to learn how faith. what is faith, how does it operate, why do we need it? And it, Christians that don't learn these laws, they don't learn the, spirit, the, the law of love, the law of faith, all these other spiritual laws that God himself designed, if they're ignorant of those laws, they can't walk in those laws. Okay, so here's the thing. We're learning how faith operates today. That's what we're talking about. So let's talk about electricity, right? So like with electricity, you have, you know, the power generation station. Maybe it's a dam that through the, the water, it, it generates, you know, electricity. It sends it to the, the transfer stations and all that stuff, and then it sends it to your house, okay? So the electricity is already there in the walls, but let's say you walk into your living room. The electricity is in the walls, but when you walk in there, it's dark. Well, what do you look for? Like I said, you look for the switch, Well, even though the electricity is in the walls and it's available, the electricity cannot flow to where it needs to go. The light so that you can experience and enjoy the benefits of light. It has to go through the switch. So even though the electricity is there and it's available, it has to flow through the switch to the light bulb in order for you to enjoy the benefit of light. So here's the thing. That switch determines if the electricity gets to where it's supposed to get or not. It's already there but it has to flow through the switch. Well, here's the thing. The switch has to be on in order for the electricity to flow, okay? So you say, Wes, why are we talking about this? Because the heart is the switch. And when we're talking about faith, faith is when the heart, which is a switch, is on, that it's on in agreement. And when it is fully in agreement with what God says, that means it is in faith. When the heart is in agreement, in faith with the word of God, it is fully persuaded. That means the switch is on. So then that means that the anointing, the power of God, the electricity, so to speak, is now able to flow where it's supposed to go. So here's the thing: is everything that God God has done for you in Christ is available. Ephesians chapter one verse three says His divine, or, says uh, Paul says, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has past tense has already done something. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus." Second Peter one three: God's divine power has given you and me everything we need for life and godliness for life for this life. But it's through the promises. My heart has to believe the promises, be on in faith. When my heart is on in faith, the switch is on, then that which heaven has already made available for me through Christ now can flow into my life. But if I'm my heart's not on in faith, boom, heaven is not going to be able to flow into my life. So just like with electricity, if the switch isn't on, the electricity is in the wall. But just because it's there doesn't mean it, it can't flow into the light bulb where it's supposed to be for your benefit unless the switch is on. The heart is the switch. And so let's look at this because we're going to see over and over and over in scriptures, everything I say, we're going to remember, I'm going to give you the word. And then you ask the Holy spirit to begin to show you these things, because here's the thing. Remember, you cannot release faith unless you're in faith. Okay. So, but we have to understand that the heart is a switch. The heart has to be on in order for that, everything that heaven has done, To flow into your life okay so let's go to Romans chapter 10 verses 6 through 10 and it says this it says but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above or who will descend into the abyss that is to bring Christ up from the dead but what does it say the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart believes, here's the thing, remember the heart's the switch, for with the heart one believes, right, the heart is on in agreement, it's believing, that's faith, it's on when the heart's in agreement, with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, profession is made unto salvation. So let's dissect this a little bit. Basically what he's saying is, is Christians are always saying, God help me, God help me. All right? And so that's essentially what it's saying. Who's gonna who's gonna call Christ down from heaven? Like, Lord help me. But it says this. It says, but the word, it says, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth. What is what is he saying, Wes? Where's my answer? Lord help me, Lord help me. Here's the thing. The Bible's saying the answer is near you. It's your mouth and your heart. You see, your answer is in your believing the word of God and your speaking it. But too many times we're sitting here begging God and God is saying, hey, listen, I've, I've given you and my son died. He shed his blood. I've given you the Holy Spirit. I'll give you my promises. You have to you have to get those promises. The promises are your answer. Your heart has to believe those answers, be in a, in fully, fully agreement, fully, uh, you know, fully persuaded in agreement, in faith. When it's in faith, boom, you're going to speak. Then releasing the power of that promise into your life, and that promise is your answer. So the answer you are looking for is in your believing the word and speaking the word. And that's what this is saying. You're crying out to God, God, help me. But God has given you the answer in the form of his word, the promise. Whatever problem you have, you find the promise. You meditate on the promise until your heart fully believes that. When it's in faith, then when it's in faith, you speak that, boom. And then that promise manifests into your life so the word is near. So the answer that you need is literally under your nose, okay? So the word, it's your heart and your mouth. That's where the answer is. Your heart has to believe the word and speak the word. So the answer is near you. That's what it says. The word is near you. The answer is in—is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart, okay? And so then it says, for with the heart, one believes under righteousness. See, you believe, all right? We talked about why is faith. Why do we have to have faith? Faith gives heaven legality or jurisdiction or it legally allows heaven to flow into your life. I'm a, think about this for a second, okay? Your heart is the switch that allows heaven to flow into your life. Think about this. Jesus has already died and shed his blood and made salvation available for whosoever will believe him, okay? I think it's uh, Titus chapter 2, verse 11, says that the grace of God has appeared unto all men. So what does that mean? Anybody that wants to be saved... God has already made a made a made a a provision for them to get saved. In other words, the the answer is already there and if they want to be saved, you just hear the word, believe the word, speak and confess the word and then you can get you get saved, okay? So the answer is already available, but you have to hear it, believe it, and speak it in order for it to manifest. So you didn't get saved, even though Jesus already died for your sins and paid for your your sins. It's already done, but you didn't receive it until you received it. In other words, you didn't experience salvation until you heard it, believed it, and confessed it with your mouth and confessed and believed the words that you heard and heard spoken. So salvation couldn't flow into your life. Until you believed the word and spoke the word see that's what I'm saying so your heart was the switch the answer you're saying Lord save me well he's already saved you in the sense he sent Jesus He already paid for your sins so you're not it's not God save you he, he's already provided it he it's more of you need, you just need to receive what he's already done remember we talked about we were talking about you know in this series which we're continuing and stuff. But man, we had we talked about you got to understand how faith and grace relates. Grace is everything that God has already made available and done for you in Christ, and your faith is simply a positive response to receive that which God has already done for you in Christ and made available to you. So you're not saying like with Papal when whenever my grandpa is still alive. You know, my, my people would say, well, you know, God save Papal. And I said, that's not the right prayer. God's already made salvation available to Papal. Papal's got to receive what God has already made available for him. God's already sent his son to die for him. Papal's got to receive. Okay, so we got to change our prayer. God, I pray, give him ears to hear. Give send people his way to minister to him. See what I'm saying? And then we start praying that way. We started just believing, you know, celebrating. I would. This is what I started doing, and we started seeing results after I, we changed gears and started saying, you know what, Lord, I just believe right now. You're so faithful. You're constantly sending people into His path. You are faithful. I, you, your word says in, in, in um, Peter, I think it's the second Peter, uh, it, it says that you're not that it's not your will that any man should perish but that everybody should have an everlasting life. So you want Papal to be saved. So Father, I thank you. You're sending people his way. And and then as we started doing that, man, we saw things change. But the heart is the switch. See, Papal still had to receive. We wasn't waiting on God to do something. We were waiting on Papal to receive what God has already done. And then we were just praying, hey, Lord, you know, pray continually send people his way today that will help him hear the word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. You believe the word, then you speak the word, okay? So, here's the thing is your answer is in your hearing the word believing the word and speaking the word Right? it's like electricity see salvation right think about electricity is already in the wall it's available but until the switch is on the electricity that's already available can't flow into where it needs to go. Salvation was already available for Papal, but until his heart was on in faith and heard the word, believed the word, and said, "Yes, Lord, I, I see. You want me saved. Jesus died for my sins. I, I believe that in my heart. Jesus, you are my Lord. I confess. I believe. I receive that you're my Savior and that you're the atoning sacrifice for my sins. And when he when he did that, then see salvation was available since the before Papal was born, but he had to receive it. And until his heart was on and on and, and and then received it, even though it was available, he wasn't he wasn't experiencing it until he heard it, believed it, confessed it, and received it himself. It was when I got saved. I could have got saved day one, but you know what? I didn't I didn't I didn't receive what God has already made available. Okay, so God wasn't. I want waiting. I wasn't waiting on God to save me. I He was waiting on me to receive what He did two thousand years ago. Does that make sense? Okay, so. Here's the thing. If something doesn't happen the way the word says that it should happen, then we have short-circuited the process and the problem is on our end. Let's think about electricity, right? In, in an electrical system, let's say like with your house, the, the electricity is already available. But if there's a short circuit or something wrong with that switch, and and, and if it doesn't allow the 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 you know the electricity to go through the problem is not on the sending in of the, le- the electric company like i don't call the electric company and say hey will you please you know send electricity they're going to say sir uh, electricity's on to your street it's available right now so it the problem's not on the sending in the problem would be on the receiving in so anytime that something doesn't have if, if if you're like let's say for instance somebody dies that's not, that's not, that's not God's will. If you die of sickness, right? So if, if they say, if they're saying, and there's people, they say, well, I believe I'm, I believe I'm healed. Well, just because you say it, as Jesus said, just because you say it doesn't mean you believe it. Jesus said it in Mark 11, as we're, and we're going to get there. He said, it's not just the things you say, it's the things that you say and that you actually are believed, fully convinced. Remember, cause you cannot release faith until you're in faith. So if, If something doesn't happen the way that the word says that it should happen in our life, then the problem is on our end, not on God's end. See, but this is what religion does, is they would rather say, well, there's no way that the problem could be on my end. It must be on God's end. And we'd rather assassinate and destroy the character of God and his faithfulness, which destroys our faith. Well, God just, God didn't want that person healed, or God didn't want me to have these finances, or God didn't want me to have the, no, 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 no. Romans chapter three, go read it. It says, let God be true. And every man a liar. Let's go there and read it. Romans chapter three verse three. And this is talking about how Israel rejected Jesus. They didn't believe, and so that's the context. And so it says, "For what if some did not believe, will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? In other words, if does their not believing mean that the word of God is not true? No. And that's what he says in verse 4. Certainly not. Just because they didn't believe it doesn't mean that the word of God wasn't true. If somebody goes to hell, it doesn't mean that the word of God is not true concerning salvation. It just means they didn't mix their faith with it like Hebrews, I think it's chapter 4 says. See, the word of God is true regardless of your situation. See, God loves you even if you don't feel it. God has already healed you even if you don't feel it. God has already prospered you even though if you're not experiencing it. So God's word is true despite the circumstances or the situations that you see in your life and your feelings, because we're in a feeling-driven world, and that's dangerous. We live by faith and not by feeling. We live by faith and not by sight. So he says, if, if so for what if some did not believe? Will their unbelief make the faithfulness of God without effect? Let me translate. It. If they don't believe, does that mean that the word of God isn't true? If somebody says, hey, I believe that I'm healed, and then they die, does, does that mean that, that God's word concerning healing is not true? No. It just means, you know what? If they actually were believing, then what they were believing would have showed up because Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, he says that if you you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe that the words that you say will happen, you will have those things. So if somebody says, hey, I believe that I'm healed, and then they die, then obviously they didn't actually believe the words they were saying because if they did, either Jesus is lying or they're lying because Jesus said if you believe it and you speak it, it will manifest. So if you spoke it, it didn't manifest, then your heart must have not been in faith. And that is okay for us to acknowledge, you know what? I missed it. But at least I would, it gives me comfort to know that I missed it instead of God. He's always faithful. He's always faithful. So it brings me comfort to know, you know what? Maybe I just missed it, but that's okay. Because at least, you know, like they talk about AA meetings and stuff like AA meetings for, you know, drug addicts and stuff like that. If now that we know the problem, now we know what to address. So it's okay to acknowledge that, hey, you know what? I just missed it. I I, I wasn't putting the word in. I, I was meditating on the wrong things. I wasn't in faith. And you know what? That assures me and gives me confidence. You know what, God? You were faithful, but I just I just, I just missed it. But you know what he's going to say? It's just like a little kid. You know, you, you fell down. Hey, that's okay. Stand up and try again. Stand up and keep going, okay? Because God's a good father. And so that's what he's saying there in Romans chapter 3. So here's the thing. You must be in faith in order to release your faith. All right. Today we're talking about you can't release your faith unless you are in faith. You cannot release something that you don't possess. Okay. So James chapter 5, verse 15, okay, because we're going to go to the word. James chapter 5, verse 15 says this And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Right? The prayer of faith will save the sick. It didn't just say the prayer, there's a lot of people there saying words. But they're not saying those words in faith. Well, Jesus, it says in James that the prayer of faith will change your situation. It will change your circumstances. Well, if you're not in faith, it's okay. We know how faith comes. Faith comes by hearing because that's what we're talking about. We have to learn. You're going to have some faith failures sometimes. And you know what? That's okay. But at least you know, okay, it wasn't on God's end. It was on my end and I can just get the word the faith, faith comes by hearing I can meditate on the word, get back into faith, release my faith, hold that moment, and then begin to see the promises of God manifest in my life okay so it, that gives me confidence to know, man, you know what it wasn't on God's end man it was just me and I would much rather you know my family or other people know hey West missed it instead of God I would much rather them think less of me than God I'm not going to blame me and my mistakes on god man he is always faithful he's always good but if i miss it yeah you know what i'm, I'm gonna stand up i'm gonna, i'm gonna try again it's like in basketball you miss a shot what are you gonna do you're gonna take another shot okay don't hang your head low go take another shot so here's the key write this down you can't pray the prayer of faith unless you were in faith now let's go back to james chapter 1 verse 6 through eight verses 6 through eight. And it says this because remember we're talking about you can't release faith unless you're in faith in the Bible. We're just talking about these scriptures here that reiterate, and that's what it's saying. James chapter one verses uh, James chapter one verses six through eight. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man or woman suppose that they will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Now, here's the thing. That's saying the same thing. You have to be in faith in order to release faith. Okay, So your faith is the key. Remember, the anointing flows through faith. You have to be in faith in order to release faith, in order for the anointing of God to flow into your life. So he, it says ask, you have to ask in faith, not doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Here's the key. Think about this. For let not that man suppose that he would receive anything from the Lord. It didn't say God wouldn't give it. It just said you wouldn't have the ability to receive it. Remember, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says, For all the promises of God are yes, in Christ, and the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So God has already given you. It's like a check, remember? God's given you the promise. It has his signature, says, I've given you this promise, signed, God. But this, it, it requ- every check requires two signatures. That's the endorsement on the back of the check. You have to endorse the promise with your agreement, with your amen, in order for you to cash the check or cash the promise, so to speak, for you to, for you to experience the promise. So you'll only receive from God the promises that you believe him for and receive him for. Things don't just naturally, automatically happen because you say, hey, I'm a Christian. No, you've got to believe it. Salvation didn't just automatically happen for you. You had to hear it. You had to believe it. And you had to receive it. Well, if that's how you receive salvation, that's how you receive every promise in the word of God. So let's go to Mark chapter 11, verse 23, because we're talking about you can't release faith until you're in faith. Because okay? remember, that just said you have to ask in faith. Not just ask, doubting, but ask being fully persuaded. Remember, faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins with, with what God says in his word. So we, faith comes by hearing the word. Wait, what does God say about my situation? So Jesus was teaching about this is the lesson of the fig tree. When Jesus cursed the fig tree, right, he goes by the fig tree he goes up to it. It doesn't have fruit. He curses the fig tree. They come back by the next day, and then the tree is withered up from the roots. The disciples are amazed and say, wait, wow, Jesus, how did that happen? Teach us faith. Teach us how, remember, because faith is a law. So this is a teaching moment where God, or where Jesus is teaching the disciples how to operate in faith. So let's go there. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. For assuredly, Jesus said, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt key and does not doubt, but believes that those things that he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. So the key is, Jesus said, it's not just what you say you can say it and nothing remember the anointing flows through faith your heart has to be on in faith the heart is the switch the switch has to be on in faith and it has to be fully persuaded fully agreement with what God says in his word when your heart is fully in agreement and fully persuaded then the the anointing can flow into your life the anointing from that promise can flow into your life right but it has to be in faith Jesus said if you speak <clears throat> excuse me and you do not doubt in your heart, well, here's the thing. Remember I mentioned earlier, if somebody says, you know, like let's say Aunt Susie says, hey, you know, and she, she was battling cancer and stuff like that. And she was saying, I, I believe I'm healed, but then she dies. Well, if if we say that, well, you know, either Jesus is lying or she's lying. If she said she believes she was was healed, yet she died, then. All that revealed is that really just revealed, well, maybe she wasn't fully persuaded she wasn't fully persuaded in her heart. And that doesn't mean that she wasn't good. It doesn't mean she doesn't love God. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love her. It just means, hey, she she let the situation become bigger in her heart than the word of God in her heart. Because faith is where your heart is more fully persuaded in what God says in his word than anything in in your situation that would be contrary to it. So if she actually believed that by his straps she was healed, right, Isaiah chapter 53, then she would have experienced that in her life. So either Jesus is right or she's right. Well, if she died, then that just, and that just simply shows us that, hey, you know what? She just wasn't in faith. You can't release faith unless you're in faith. And that, like I said, that is, people don't like that. But I would much rather know that, hey, you know what? If that was me, I would much rather my kids and my family know, hey, you know what? Wes just he he couldn't quite get into faith. The that you know the pain was a loud voice or the situation was a loud voice, and he just couldn't quite quite get in faith. But that doesn't mean that healing doesn't belong to us. That doesn't mean that God didn't want him to be healed. God wanted him to be healed, but he just didn't get in faith to receive what God through Christ has already given him. And so God was I would much rather my family say, you know what? God was faithful. The promises were, was there, but you know what? Dad or, or uncle Wes or whoever just couldn't quite get in faith. I would much rather them know that the problem was on my end and that their God's still faithful versus them blaming God and all that stuff and jeopardizing and, and destroying their relationship with God. See what I'm saying? So it's I, I would much rather my family th- know. Hey, you know what? I just didn't. Qu-. And that doesn't mean that I didn't fight valiant. You know what? It's, it's like in the in the battlefield. If a, if a soldier's fighting valiantly and he dies in the battlefield, we're not gonna say you know, oh boo, you know, on him. Boo, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna you know look down on him. He was fighting in a battle and he lost. Okay. So it's the same thing. If somebody loses a faith battle, I'm not going to look down on them. But at the same time, we do want to look at it and say, okay, wait, hold up. Faith is a law. It always works. And so let's look at this. Like a spiritual scientist, well, let's dissect this, look at this. Because if you're ever in a life or death situation, you're going to need to know how faith operates or we're going to we know how it's going to end for your life. And so you've got to look at it and see, hey, wait, how does this thing work? How does this work? Right, if somebody dies in a faith battle, man, I am not going to look down on them. You know what? At least they had the guts to fight. They had the guts to fight, and kudos to them. They didn't just you know surrender and give up, but they fought. But that is, but they just couldn't quite get their heart there, right? And faith comes by the word. That doesn't mean it's just like if somebody goes to hell. It doesn't mean that salvation's not available for them. It just means they didn't receive it. See what I'm saying? So it's, whether it's healing or finances or any other promises, if we don't receive it, it's not that it wasn't given. It's the fact that somewhere along the way. We let the Word of God get diminished, and the problem get bigger in our heart, and that took over, and we just weren't able to receive the Word of God. But you know what? That's, it's better for us to acknowledge, you know what? I just wasn't in faith, because you're going to have some faith failures, and you're going to have to learn how to understand those, look at them, and, and then get back on your horse, so to speak, get back in the Word of God, and move forward. It's okay to acknowledge, you know what? I just wasn't in faith. It's okay. At least now we know the problem. OK, so let's go to Mark chapter nine, verse twenty three. And Jesus says he said, and this is where the disciples couldn't cast out a demon. And Jesus had already given them authority to cast out demons and do those things and heal the sick. But they the demon started manifesting and that somehow messed with the, the psyche or the, the heart of the, the disciples. So they couldn't cast out the demon out of this little boy. in Mark chapter nine and then the father you know brings a little boy to Jesus and says hey your, your disciples couldn't cast him out so Jesus rebukes them for their lack of faith basically and then he's and then he's he, the father says if 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 you can if you can cast him out and Jesus basically says if you can what do you mean if i can it's all about if you can believe he says everything is possible to him who believes rephrase it everything is possible to the heart who is in faith You can receive any promise of God if you just get your heart and faith fully persuaded on it. You can receive that promise. That's what Jesus was telling him. Listen, what do you mean if, if I can believe? No, 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 no. If you can believe, can you be in faith? Can you believe? Can you receive from God? Can you get your heart and faith? And Yeah. And maybe that's you. And then he says, and then the father says, help help my unbelief. Help me. You can ask God. God, give me, okay, I'm not quite there yet in faith. Will you give me some scriptures to meditate on? Will you give me some some words or something to think about or encouragement or teach me on the, yeah, absolutely, he'll, he'll help you in that. He wants you to get in faith. He wants to see that mountain move. He wants to see you triumphant and victorious, right? You can ask him, hey, I'm believing for healing. Father, will you give me some scriptures specifically, help Holy Spirit give me some scriptures specifically to stand on? Absolutely, he'll help you. He wants to help you. He died and shed his blood for you to receive that healing. Of course, he's going to give you the scriptures to help get you in heart to receive what he has already paid for. He went through a lot for you to have that healing, right? It's just like if somebody goes and makes this, Fifty-course meal and it has this huge table full of stuff. They went through all this effort for you to have it. Of course, they want you to receive it. They went through all the effort to do. To they went through all the effort cooking. Of course, they want you to have it, right? So Jesus went through all the. He went. He was he was betrayed and and punched and beaten and his butt, beard plucked out and he was beaten with stripes and nailed to a cross. And he paid for your healing. He paid for your sins. Of course, he wants you to have it. He's gonna give you the the scriptures when you say, "Lord, will you give me some scriptures to stand on?" Of course, because he he went through all the effort to pay for you to have that healing. Of course, the Holy Spirit will give you that. But you're gonna to have to seek Him. Hear His voice. Start reading the Word. Meditating on it. Right? You're gonna do your part. He's going to, He's already done his part. But you've got to receive what He's already done. All right. And just kind of a quick analogy, and I've already used this, but I remember Keith Moore. He was talking to this gentleman. He had a pretty nice watch on. Keith Moore did. And the gentleman complimented him on his watch. And and Keith said, oh, yeah, that's pretty nice. And then Keith decided in his heart, hey, you know what? He decided I want to give this to him as a gift. So he says, here, I want to give this to you. And so the man says, no, I can't take that. And this is, Keith says, no, I want you to have that. So he, he, give it, he, he tried to give it to him. Again, the man wouldn't take it. And, he, and Keith says, no, 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 I really want you to have it. And, and the man wouldn't receive it. And Keith was kind of getting frustrated, and the man never would receive it. And as Keith was walking off, God spoke to Keith and said, Keith, why is that man not enjoying the gift of that watch? And Keith says, Lord, I I gave it to him. In my heart, it was his. I'd already decided it was his. and, And I tried to give him. He just wouldn't take it. And the Lord says, he's not enjoying the gift, not because it wasn't given, but because it wasn't received. So that perfectly illustrates everything. All the promises of God have been perfectly given to you. But if you don't receive them, it's not that God hasn't given them to you. It's that you haven't received them. Well, you've got to know that they belong to you. you got to meditate on them, get in faith, and then when your heart's in faith, you can receive what God has given you. 2 Corinthians 1.20, I've already quoted, for no matter how many promises God has given you. See, God's already given you the promises, but you've got to get your heart in faith, and how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word, and it's not just having heard one time. You hear over and over. So let's keep going. So the problem is that, you have to know if you're in faith in order to release your faith. See, and this is something most Christians never think about this. You have to kind of pay attention to your, your heart and stuff and monitor it. So the problem is, you see, you have to know if you're in faith to be able to release your faith, okay? So here's the thing. If you're going to release your faith, you have to make sure and know how you're in faith. So we said, Wes, well, that's a good question. H- how do I tell if I'm in faith? How can I tell if I'm in faith? All right, let's go to the word. The word says in Luke chapter 8, Luke 8, verse 13. And Jesus says, it says, but the ones on the rock, he's teaching a parable. And he's talking about the word, right? And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And when you read this parable, you go through there, you're going to see how faith comes. And then when faith comes, joy comes. Is a result of being in faith, and in those you can tell if you're in faith because joy will be present, and that's what this is talking about. You hear the word, you receive the word with joy. He says, "Let's read this." But the ones on the rocks are those who, when they hear the word, they receive the word with joy, and these are and these have no root. They believe only for, only for a little while, and in time of ten, uh, temptation or basically the, the testing, the enemy tries to steal the word away. They fall away. But it says that they hear the word, they receive the word with joy. So that's how you can tell. You say, Wes, how can I tell if I'm in joy? Well, when you meditate on the word and you hear it, joy is going to come up in your heart. You'll have joy in your heart. You, I mean, give me an example that help to illustrate this. So how does a person receive the word? Like, well, let's say with the, the lottery, let's say somebody wins the lottery, right? They announce, hey, such John Smith has won the lottery. How does a person receive the word when they have won the lottery? With joy, right? So, because like somebody says, Hey, John Smith, you've won the lottery. He hears the word, you've won the lottery. And because he believes what they've said, he receives it with joy. He believes, Hey, well, they said I've won it. So, therefore, I have, you know, so many millions of dollars. So, because they've heard the word, they believe that the person telling them is telling the truth. So, therefore, well, I have what that person says I have. Man, I'm a multi millionaire or multi billionaire or whatever the lottery is. So, I'm saying. So, the person receives the word because they believe what was told them was true. So they believe that they have what has been told to them, like the check. They show up in front of you and say, hey, you, you've you won $5 million, right? And they had the that big check there, the big fake check, right? That fake check represents money somewhere sitting in an account that now belongs to them. They're having to take that person that's telling them this at their word. Well, that's no different from the word of God. You have to take him at his word and begin. To, he says, by your straps, by his, by the straps of Jesus, you are healed. Well, you're going to have to take him at his word and meditate on it. Start speaking it, hearing it, meditating on it. And eventually your heart actually believes that. Boom, it's on. The switch is on. It's in faith. And then the healing that he's already made available to you now manifest in your life. Just like with the check. He's already given you the promise, the promissory note. A check is a promissory note. He's already given you the promise, the promissory note. But if you just set the promissory note on the side of your bedside table and never go cash it, it was given, but you never received it. See, that receiving is like it's an action verb. You gotta re, to receive that promise. You gotta endorse it with your name, which means I agree with it. Yes, I believe they're telling me the truth. And then you gotta, by your faith, your action says I'm going to the bank. They said that they give me five thousand dollars. I'm going to the bank, and I'm and you're you're because you believe what they say, you have corresponding actions in agreement with what you believe, and then you're you're cashing that check. That's the way the word of God is. Is God has given you healing? He's given you provision. He's given you identity. He's given you salvation. Whatever the promise is, He's given it to you. But you've got to endorse that, and then your actions when you're in faith, joy's there. Then you have corresponding actions because you're, you're acting on the word, because you're in faith. So joy is a way for you to tell that you're in faith. So you got to monitor your heart. Think about this. You have to monitor your heart and discern if you're in faith or not. So you can be in faith, and then 30 minutes later you get some bad news, and you're not in faith anymore. So learn to monitor your heart. You know what? If you start sensing fear, then whatever you're listening to, shut that off go get the word and something that's going to produce faith the word the faith comes by hearing the word so start to monitor your heart if you start you know sensing a lot of negative thoughts and negative emotions stop what you're doing stop listening to whatever you were just listening to go get the word of god put it in get back in faith because remember you cannot release faith unless you are in faith so you got to monitor your heart and remember i said it's okay if you're not in faith it's not okay to stay not in faith but it's okay to acknowledge and say you know what I'm just not in faith right now. You know, it's okay to acknowledge that you're not in faith because at least now we know the problem because everything that God has given us is going to come through faith. So here's the thing. So let's, we're talking about faith here, right? Uh, oh, let me give you give me an example here to kind of illustrate this. It's monitor your heart. So like, think about it at a hospital. They have a heart monitor in the hospital and that heart monitor, it gives feedback on the instant condition of the heart. So when you're so you constantly need to be start thinking about, you know, what am I in faith right now? Well, then I probably need to meditate on the word just on a continual basis, not just when you need the word. You need to meditate on the word on a continual basis. Right. Because when life squeezes, what's in you is coming out. And if you haven't put the word in there and faith there, faith ain't coming out. It's like an orange. I can't squeeze an orange expecting lemon juice to come out. When I squeeze that orange, orange juice is coming out. Why? Because what is in it is coming out when it's squeezed. So don't wait to put the word of God in when you need it. Start being diligent. Put the give the word priority. Start putting it in on a regular basis, every day. Meditate on the word. Listen in your car. Listen on the go. When you work out, it's easier now to put the word of God in your heart than it's ever been. But because when you if you don't put it in, it's not going to come out when life squeezes. So you've got to do it. But you've got to monitor your heart. So just like a heart monitor in the hospital, it's going to give you. You got to learn to monitor. You know, am I I in faith right now? So you're going to have to monitor your heart to see if it's in faith. And remember, joy is a sign of your heart being in faith. So if there's not, so really, joy is kind of a, a, a the an indication of your of your faith level. What you say, why is that, Wes? Well, go back to the person that won the lottery. When they hear the word and they receive the word, you've won $5 million. Because they received the word, they know that because I've heard, I, I believe what that person says, I have the $5 million. They're believing that person and what they say. And because you believe the word, you're thinking, man, I have $5 million. So joy naturally is a byproduct because you believe what that person says. So joy is a great indication of your faith level, okay? So let's go back to this. So what do I do if my heart's not in faith? Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But let's go to Mark chapter four. So because Mark chapter four, Jesus, he helped us understand the process of how faith comes. So you said, Wes, what do I do if my heart's not in faith? That's what we're talking about. Faith comes by hearing, Romans 10, 17. But Mark chapter 4 more explicitly helps us understand and clearly understand, hey, what is the process of how faith comes? Okay, because Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4 is the, you, you 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 should be looking at Mark chapter 4 so much. Like it should, when you open your Bible, if it falls to the ground, Mark chapter 4 should open up. Because Jesus said that if you don't understand this parable that he teaches here, nothing else is going to make sense to you. Nothing else is going to happen. And, and it's he says that in verse 13. Okay, so because everything in the kingdom of God comes through this exact parable process so mark chapter 4 is explaining the process of how faith comes it explains the process of how your heart grows into faith or agreement remember the heart is the switch it has to be on in faith well we have to be in faith before we can release it right so what do i do if my heart's not in faith faith comes by hearing Hear by the word you put the word in mark 4 is explaining the process of how we get our heart in agreement so here's the key this parable explains the process of how you receive everything and anything from the Word of God. So let's quickly look at it. And so, really, the whole chapter of Mark, chapter 4. And I'm just going to briefly mention this. So Jesus says in verse 13, Do you not understand this parable? How then when you understand all the parables? He says the sower sows the word. Okay, he told the the parable of the the, the different types of ground and that the sower sows the word. So the sower sows the word. So the, the word is like a seed. You have to take that seed and put it in your heart. And he explains that the ground is your heart. So your heart is like ground. The word is a seed. And so for you to get in faith... The word is going to have to be in your heart, just like in order for a seed to grow into full maturity, the seed has to be in the ground. Well, the word has to be in your heart in order for it to grow into full, full, uh, into full maturity or agreement. Okay, so he explains this. So now let's go, and I don't have time to kind of rush through. I got some more stuff to cover here. But in Mark chapter four, verses twenty-six through twenty-nine, this is very key, and I'm going to read it. And this is the process of how faith comes, which is explaining Mark. Or uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 17. And Jesus said, verse 26, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. So he's telling you everything in the kingdom of God is going to come just like this. In other words, if you're going to receive salvation, it's going to come like this. If you're going to receive healing, provision, you understand who you are and your identity, peace, whatever. Everything, every promise of God is going to be received through the process explained here. So if if you want to learn how faith works, this needs to be one of the most important uh, parables that you spend time meditating on. Because once you get it and you understand it, boom, now you're going to learn, wait, okay, if I'm not in faith, then I... Mark 4 says, well, I, the word's a seed. I put the seed in the ground. The seed has to stay in the heart or in the ground long enough for it to grow into maturity. When, this, when the seed grows into full maturity, the sickle comes in. And then you reap the harvest, right? The seed has to grow. It grows like corn. You plant the seed, it grows. And then when it reaches full maturity where the ears are, it's ready for harvest, then you use a sickle or whatever, use a harvest machine to harvest it. The sickle or the harvesting of it is you speaking. So when your heart grows into, you put the word in there, your heart grows into agreement with the word of God, then you speak, boom, which is a sickle. You're harvesting or reaping the, 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 the harvest of the seed that was planted so for instance healing you put healing scriptures in there your heart finally reaches where you know what? i believe that i'm 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 healed then when your heart's in agreement you you speak i i believe i'm healed boom then you, that's the harvest of it now that that promise manifest in your life because remember the heart is the switch okay so spend some time going and, and listening to this but jesus says in verse 27 let's keep reading It says, so verse 26, the kingdom of God is as if or operates just like if a man would scatter a seed on the ground or put the word in his heart, and he should sleep by night and rise by day. The seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Right? So the word's going to grow in your heart. You put the word in there, it's going to grow. You may not understand it, but that God designed it, your heart, to where it incubates whatever you put in it, fear or faith. So but it's going to incubate or grow whatever you put in it. So be careful what you put in the ground because it's going to grow. Ground just tries to grow whatever you put in it. You put thistles in it, it's going to grow it. You put you put corn in it, it's going to grow it. So your heart is like that. Whatever you put in it, it's going to grow. Verse 28, for the earth yields crops by itself. Your heart is going to begin to grow into agreement. So if you put fear-filled stuff in it, you know what's going to, what's the harvest is going to be? fear you put faith-filled stuff in it, you know what's gonna what's gonna happen? Faith is gonna come because your heart is gonna grow whatever you put in it. It's just God designed it. It's gonna happen automatically. And that word, if you read the King James, it says, For the earth yields crops by herself. That word in the Greek is the as automas. That's the word where we get automatic from. See, when you put the word in your heart faith is automatically going to come. Now, you've got to put the word in there consistently. But when, if you'll do that, faith will automatically come because God designed your heart to incubate or grow whatever you put in it. So if you're putting fear stuff in it, you're putting too much new stuff in there, and you wonder why you're living in fear, well, your heart is automatically going to grow whatever you put in it. Okay? So... Verse 28, it says, For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain and the head. See, it's a process. This is describing, Mark 4 is describing how faith comes, Romans 10:17. Faith comes by hearing. This is explaining the exact process. So when you put the word, which is a seed, into your heart, which is the ground, you keep it there. It will grow into agreement. It will grow into faith. In other words, it will grow. It will begin to believe exactly what God says. Be fully convinced when that's the definition of faith. Romans 4, 21. When it's in faith, then boom, you're in faith. Then the the anointing always flows through faith. See, this is the process. So go through, meditate, look on this. And then in verse 29. So when you have put the word in there, right? And then it finally grows to where your heart's in is in full agreement, right? It's in faith. Verse 29. But when the grain ripens or the word matures and your heart is in agreement, immediately the man puts in the sickle. He harvests it because the harvest has come. See that Mark 4 explains the process of how we grow into agreement. So, I'm going to give you a quick example of of this exact of Mark chapter 4. So, a couple of years ago, see I grew up with peanut allergies very bad. And so so much so that if I ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich that I would be in the floor gasping for air because I couldn't breathe because the constriction on my airwaves. And I, and I, there was several times growing up that I didn't think I was going to live to see the next five minutes. We finally put two and two together and realized, hey, he's allergic to peanut allergies. So the world just says, well, just avoid peanut allergies. So a couple years ago, the Lord said something to me and he says, why are you tolerating something that I paid with my blood, went through agony of being beaten and shed my blood? Why are you tolerating something that I paid for you to be healed from? And I said, uh, uh, uh you know, you're just kind of dumbfounded, like, well, okay. I said, so what do I do? He led me to the exact chapter, Mark chapter 4. And he says, my word is like a seed. And if you will put my seed concerning healing about my situation, about your allergy, put my word in your heart over and over, morning, noon, and night. I had some scriptures. I would meditate on them morning. I, I'd read through them, profess them, think about them. I'd do it again at lunch. I'd do it again at night. Sometimes I would miss, but I tried to make sure to do it at morning, noon, and night. Then eventually I was driving, and one day, well, let me back up. I did that for uh, probably several weeks, maybe a month or a half or so, and then I thought, okay, I'm in faith. See, I thought I thought I was in faith. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I thought I was in faith, but I, I, so I, thought, I thought I was in faith, so I said, okay, I'm going to eat some peanuts or peanut butter or whatever. I started wheezing. So then I, then I started to get discouraged. So I thought, Lord, I thought I was in faith. And he said, He says, here's the thing. If you don't stop putting the word in, it will grow to full maturity. Your heart will grow into faith. If you will be faithful to plant the ground, be focused on the being rooted and grounded. Don't focus on the harvest. Focus on your, the process of putting the word, being rooted and grounded. Make sure you focus on putting the word in there. If you don't quit putting the word in there, your heart will grow into agreement right? Because here's the thing. He says, you you don't see all the growth underneath, like with the seed. It grows for a while before you see anything above the surface. So he said, you were there has been a bunch of progress happening underneath in your heart. It, the, the word was growing in your heart, becoming rooted. You, you gave up too soon. He said, so it's a process. He's like, now, you may hear the word and instantly be in faith and receive it. And that's great. That's God's best. But sometimes if you've lived with something for so long, it may take a little bit to get that word rooted and grounded in your life. So he said, but don't be discouraged. He said there's been a lot of progress happening under the surface. You don't see it, but it's happening. Don't stop putting the word in. So I kept putting the word in. Then one day I was driving and I just I knew that I knew, joy was present. I knew that I knew that I knew I was healed. I wasn't trying to be healed. I knew I was healed and that he had already healed. I knew I was healed. I wasn't trying to conjure it up or make myself believe. I knew that I knew that I was healed and joy was present in my heart. And when it, and when it happened, I just said, I'm healed. Boom. The sickle. I reased, I, I, I reaped the harvest of that seed that I had planted in my heart. I cultivated it, kept it there till it grew to maturity. When it was in maturity, and my heart was in faith, I spoke. And then now I eat peanut butter. I just ate peanut butter and so sandwich, um, uh, you know, cause I love Reese's cups and stuff, but I, you know, I ate just a peanut butter and jelly sandwich the other day, but that is how this is going to happen for you. So let me give you another uh, quick story. Cause I still got some stuff to cover. I want to talk about, um, you know, cause I, I said earlier, when, you know, that because we've been going over this face stuff that, Hey, just going over it and going over the fundamentals, we had a recent breakthrough. So I'm a real estate agent. So I had a deal that it fell through and we terminated. And so it's kind of discouraged. Sound familiar? Right. Maybe you're discouraged where you're at. But I was discouraged. And so I did the same thing. All right. So I said, "Okay, Lord, I'm going to put the word in there. I'm going to meditate. So a couple nights in a row, there's a couple uh, scriptures, John 14, 13 and James 4, 2. James 4, 2 says you have not because you ask not. In other words, you don't you don't have because you don't ask God. And then James 14, 13 says the same thing. Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And I just a couple nights in a row in bed, right before bed, I would sit there and just kind of meditate on those scriptures and a couple of other things. And then one night, I just felt joy rise up in my heart. I felt faith present. Now, here's the thing. You, you got to strike when the iron's hot. When you're in faith, then release it, okay? So I, I was in faith. So I reached over to my wife and says, hey, I said, I'm in faith, and I'm just going to believe and ask God to bring me some business. I was in faith. So remember, you can't release faith until you're in faith. I was in faith. I released my faith. So we, I, we felt led to give a, a sow a seed to a, a certain ministry or whatever and said, so, Father, I believe that when I give, I believe I have the right to, to, to receive. Give and it shall be given. And, when, and, and, and anything I give to you, you can multiply. And we're going to talk about finances and how to release the kingdom of God in your finances and the steps and all that. We're going to get into that. Trust me, I got some great stuff going with that plan for us. But so we did that. Now, how God's going to bring it—that's up to Him. But I release my faith. If I'm just believing that you can bring, you know, bring me a sale, I'm just believing that. However, that's up to you. But I'm—I believe that, Lord, will you send me some business? Send me a commission check. And so anyways, uh, a couple of days later, I got a text from the, the listing agent on the property my buyer was going to buy and says, hey, we got that problem resolved. You know, does your buyer still want to buy? Contact my buyer. And he said, yes, I do want to buy because we basically just, that we had one thing we were waiting on. He decided we got back under contract and then we just closed. I closed on, uh, was it last Friday or no, Wednesday or whatever. And I just cashed a check yesterday. But anyway, so what I'm saying is that the process was the same. I meditated on the word. What does God's word say? When faith was present, I released my faith in the word of God, did what the Holy Spirit told me to do, which was so, you know, whatever the, the seed, the financial seed was to wherever he told me. So I held the moment, believed, and then God turned it around. I didn't know where it was coming from. He could have got, brought a brand new sale in, but he, he, he turned that situation around. However he was going to do it, that's up to him. But I did believe, I believe that we were, we believe we received when we prayed. Sound familiar? Mark eleven twenty four. 24. We held the moment. God changed that situation, brought it back around. See what I'm saying? So that's how it happened. Now, I want to talk about, real quickly, misplaced faith, okay? Misplaced, misplaced faith is when you place your faith or your confidence in something other than God's Word, Okay? Because a lot of times Christians don't see faith work in their life because their, play, their faith is placed in something other than the Word of God. They just don't real, they don't realize it. So oftentimes people's faith is placed in the action and not the Word. Let me give you an example. People have hands laid on them for healing in their bodies, but then they still die because their faith is placed in the action of having hands laid on them by a certain individual. Like, well, I had Oral Roberts pray for me. Well, that's great. But your faith doesn't need to be in the action of him praying for you. Your action, your faith needs to be placed in, the in. hey, listen, I'm releasing my faith in what God says when hands are laid on me. See what I'm saying? So their faith is not placed in the word of God, and it's not placed in God and his word. It's placed upon an action. So that's the thing. So instead, they should release their faith in what the word of God says when hands are laid on them. See what I'm saying? Let me give you an example. So like, for instance, that analogy that I just give you of, of us releasing our faith there with with me and my wife. When we released our faith, our faith was in what God's Word says. But if you tried to do the same thing, but you're, you put your faith in the action of giving and says, well, I believe I received because I gave, that's not, your faith is misplaced in the action, and it's actually not in the Word of God. So then you would do the same thing we did, but you wouldn't get the same results because our faith was in God and His Word. Your faith was in the action. See what I'm saying? So really, it was it was your faith based upon you and what you can do? See, our faith was based upon what God says in His Word. So misplaced misplaced faith is a big reason why Christians are not seeing the Word of God work. Remember, faith faith is a law. It's the law of faith. Faith always works. The problem is we don't learn we don't learn how it operates and then we don't operate with it. but that's what we're doing. We're learning how this works so you can learn how to make this work for you. So um, like us let's, let's, let's keep thinking about that that story so so like you know when we released our faith, it was in the word of God. but if you tried to do that same thing, but your faith was in the action of giving, then your faith would be misplaced. So instead, you would need to meditate on what the word of God says. And then when you're in faith, you need to give. And then you would say, I give and I believe I receive because of what God says in his word. Not I give and I believe I receive because I gave. See, there's two different things. One is based, one's faith is based in the action. That's not faith. The other is based in God and his word. That's faith. See what I'm saying? So both look the same to somebody look on the outside. Both of them, because they see the actions, they look the same. But only one of them are actually based on faith in God and his word. See, the, the other would just be religious experience. See, so that's what I'm saying. So get the word. Faith is based on the word. Man, that's powerful. So here's the thing. So make sure that you're in faith and that your faith is in the word and what it says. Man, that's powerful. Hey, guys, well, listen, that's all we have for today. Hey, if you haven't done it yet, go leave us a five-star rating. And what that does is that'll help us to reach more people, help us raise the rankings to reach more people, because we believe that the gospel has the power to change people's lives, but we got to get in front of those people. So we ask that you would help us to do that. And remember, the gospel has the power to help you live a victorious life. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Power for Victorious Living. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out the website at powerforvictoriousliving.com. And remember, the gospel has the power to help you live a victorious life.